Lead Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Kalliberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Welcome to a bonus episode of Lead Time. Uh, today, I get the privilege of talking with longtime DCE leader in the local church, uh, Amy Schwime. Now, the reason I'm talking with Amy, not only are we going to hear about her ministry in caring for the, the next gen and really the education of, of people of God within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, but she and I also serve as those who will be at the Synodical Convention here in Milwaukee in just about a week or so. And uh, Amy has served on two respective advisory delegate uh, conventions as a commissioned worker. She was there, you're just telling me, when President Kieschnick was elected back 2003 or four, And then back in 16, the last time uh, the convention was in Milwaukee, which I was there as well. That was my, my first one. And now you're back in Milwaukee again here in 2023. So before we get into the convention, itself. Love to just get to know you a little bit better. Uh, what do you love about being a DCE and how many years and context have you been serving, Amy? Okay. Thank you. So uh, I've been serving uh, LCMS 29 years, came out of St. Paul, and my first congregation was uh, in the Northwest District, mm. called didn't last very long. And then I moved to my current context um, and I've been here 28 years. Uh, so we've seen lots and lots of changes in the life of this congregation. Um, yeah, and I, um, I've served various, various roles, many different roles over the, the last 28 years in this place. Um, I have three kids, 22, 17, and 15, and my awesome. oldest is um, serving his DCE internship down in Boca Raton, Florida. With um, Steve Corretto. Yes, yes. Everybody oh appears to know Steve, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he, my son is a recent graduate of Irvine. And mm. so just super, super proud of him and doing that. So uh, what I love about this is that I was called into a career where I get to tell others about Jesus. I get to share the hope and love of Jesus with people, whomever I meet, whether they're inside our church doors or out on the street or at my kids' schools. That's part of just part of who I am. Um, I also really appreciate the aha moments of when someone like gets something, whether it's in the Bible or recently been doing a lot of teaching and doing parenting classes and to see those parents light up and go, gosh, this is who God wants us to be as parents and to go out and to parent differently or parent better. Um, those are, that's just, that to me is just really, really cool. Um, I also, we um, have had over the years here a really large social ministry presence in our community, serving the least of these, and to be able to offer um, just the tangible items, um, meals, clothes, shelter, and then also the hope and love of Jesus. And that's that just really is amazing to me. And then this last season of ministry, I've been doing a lot of um, training. Our out- outreach ministries in our community have us... Um, working with um, kids and then at our coffee shop. And so just loving on high schoolers and training them and helping them get real life experience and stuff that they can put on their resumes and get jobs following their experience with us. Yeah. Thank you for your service and uh, for your ability to 
uh, to pivot and to evolve into different roles. You've got that growth mindset. And uh, do you know Sandy Wendelin? Does that name ring a bell? I don't know. DC Sandy Wendelin. Your stories are very, very similar. I was blessed to serve with her in Colorado for five, okay. five years, and she remains a an amazing leader, amazing, amazing friend. So you're entering in as an advisory delegate to the 2023 convention. What are your greatest hopes and maybe even concerns or fears as you enter into to our time together? There's a number of different issues right now which are swirling, yeah. which this podcast has has addressed. It could be pastoral formation. Everybody listens to me. They know that I have a, a big-time heart. The Unite Leadership Collective has a big-time heart for leadership development at all levels, from DCEs to teachers, administrators to pastors. Pastors, um, and we've got shortages that are pretty, pretty immense. That I hope we we talk about, as well as then the CUS kind of controversy and Concordia, Texas, Concordia, Portland. That's right in your neck of the woods, right? Yep. The closure, yep. the closure there. So, what are some of those topics? And then other context before we dig in. Is you were a part of Life Together Floor Committee Four with Pastor Esgid, Alan Bus, uh, Paul Lineman, your your uh, district president. So yeah, talk about your hopes and fears, and even with that experience on floor, floor committee. Was like. So I think my greatest hope is that we would have opportunity and we would grab hold of that opportunity to give witness to the world because uh, people are watching us. Yep. And um, even if they're not watching us as a collective church body, they're watching us as individuals and that we would be able to give really bold, powerful united witness of the love of Jesus to those around us. And then right along with that comes one of my greatest fears is that our witness to our world is marred by what happens in Milwaukee. Um, I just, I really feel like we're at a time and place within our church and within our culture. We just need to be um, working towards unification. And I know I I don't have rose colored glasses. and I know we're never going to be hundred percent unified, but at least to be talking similar languages and to, Mm -hmm. to work towards sharing the love of Jesus with those that are around us. Um, Topic. There's a couple topics I'm most interested in hearing. Um, One is um, the lack of professional church workers within our body. Uh, We hear a lot about lack of pastors, um, but I also know there's a lack of DCEs. There's a significant lack of, uh, Lutheran school teachers and what are we doing to fill those gaps and how are we best meeting the needs and how do we take somebody who um, maybe is wasn't raised in the church how how do we catch them up to speed and get them trained in a way that they can serve the church they can serve alongside of us that doesn't also impact their family life so so profoundly um, I've just I've had some friends who've done that and it's just it's really hard on families and kids to be able to you know move from where they're at to back to St. Louis so how do we meet people where they're at get them trained and get them out into the into the workforce sharing the the love of Jesus um i think the other piece with pastoral formation is helping um the the pastors who are coming out Obviously, it's really important that they know their theology, they know the Bible, they know confessions, but also just some more um, stuff on team ministry and teamwork and what it looks like to work with, whether it's a second chair person like a DCE or how to help lead a, a preschool staff, um, how do you, those kind of team ministry situations, and then, of course, how to lead and to work with, with laity. Um, I have been very blessed to work with some really strong um, really great lead pastors, but I know that that is not the case in a, in a lot of people's um, experiences within within the church. And I'm sure it's probably that way in other denominations, but obviously my only experiences within the LCMS. 
I hope you get to the mic, Amy, and talk about those things. Those are very, very important to go back to formation. Leaders at at all levels, from lay leaders being raised up and appropriately mm-hmm. trained, uh, to mm-hmm. bivocational leaders, to re reevaluating the the role of colloquy for our teachers. Um, mm-hmm. That definitely needs to be readdressed. Right now, the training that we provide it certainly could use a a facelift, if you will, into twenty twenty three for our our teachers because we've had a number of them go through it and it wasn't the most pleasant or easy experience for them. Um, and yeah, we just need leaders at all at all levels. I'm so glad your son is going in. What a what a legacy uh, of, a, of a son following in his mom's footsteps and becoming yeah. a DCE. Can't wait to see. I'd love to see more male, male DCEs, mm-hmm. um, who are in, in that. And, uh, I also am very, very hopeful that, uh, we will recognize context. I, as I read through a lot of the resolutions, Amy, I hear a lot of reference to constitution bylaws resolutions from a lot of those places, but I don't often hear or read, robust scripture and Lutheran confessions to justify the decisions that that we're making once again. And you cannot or should not uh, legislate unity. Um, this is a highly relational thing, and mm-hmm. I think our foundation of scriptures and the confessions should be enough. And then as it relates to respective resolutions given in one time, or is it uh, just honestly asking the question, How's that working for us? I mean, and not in a snarky, snarky way, but is it getting the desired result that that we need? And we all agree our theology is fantastic, mm-hmm. but let's let's get it out. And to your to your point, recognizing uh, the the value of context, while at the same time saying our institutions, our universities, our seminaries, our places of higher education and residential education are treasures that should be maintained. But we're having a hard time, I think, in the broader conversation of saying two things need to happen at the same time. It's kind of an either or rather than a both and approach. And I pray for uh, more of a both and approach. Anything more to add, though? Um, Because you touch on something there as it relates to, to formation. One of my fears, I guess, is that that conversation doesn't have as much uh, a time to to breathe yeah. for the convention to kind of just wrestle with the respective numbers of how many leaders will we need, not just pastors, but other leaders, say a decade from now. And then what is the plan that we're going to put into place for that, that we're not able to actually have that loving dialogue and uh, that the Concordia University system, which God bless it. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for it, but that that would be more of the touch, you know, the Concordia Texas conversation would be more what gets people kind of fired up and we don't let the floor committee six have its have its due time. We'll just kind of wait and see how that goes. Anything to add to that, though, Amy? Um, no, no, I think we've got it. You've covered it. Good. Good. So tell me about your experience on floor committee Four, your life together, uh, experience there. Um, so I have to tell you when I got the, the email and the letter, um, that I had been asked to serve, I was, I was pretty fearful. I just didn't really have any experience, not really. I've been out in the Northwest for so long, kind of removed from some of that stuff. Um, but I went and I said, yes. And I went and, um, you know, it was, it was a really great experience. Um, I will say that I think what you're talking about as far as not, we don't, we won't have the ability to have conversations in uh, Milwaukee. That was the thing that I was wonderfully surprised about. We were able to sit around a very large table and have some conversations over some tough stuff. And we didn't all agree. 
but we, I felt hurt. I felt like I contributed to the conversation. Mm. Um, and that I, you know, and I, I, I guess I didn't know what to expect, but just some of my past experiences have had not always been real good with committee kinds of things. And so I was very pleasantly surprised. We, we had nice conversations and while we waited, um, for the, our resolutions to be, um, checked off, we got to know one another and it was, it was fun. It was nice. It was, it was relaxing. It was, it was a great experience. Hmm. That's yeah. so good to hear. Shout yeah. out to Pastor Es Esgid and and uh, Alan Buss and Paul Inman and everyone that was a part of that committee. So floor committee four, that's not one we've talked about. What what yeah. didn't you all agree on? Uh, what is kind of maybe a little bit more controversial as the church starts to speak about our life together? Um, one of them that came up, and uh, I believe it ended up going to an omnibus, was about um, who should be reading scripture in worship services and the the overture came to us as it was to be the pastors only and we had a very robust conversation around that and i'm pretty sure that went to omnibus and um is going to be looked at the ctcr or said we've already decided that um it was not everybody agreed but we were able to have a, a good conversation and come to a resolution on it wonderful yeah. Wonderful. And that that kind of ties in with um, we were talking a little bit about the laity. And it's like at a time when we have such a shortage of let's just start with pastors. And then you've got that kind of resolution or that kind of overture coming up. And where are our laity and how are we going to involve them at a greater level? And um, to not feel like that they are um, less than because mm. they're not a pastor. I mean, I, we have people in our congregation, doctors that's an incredible education. They're not any less than because they're, they're not a pastor. And so to figure out our relationship with lady and to involve our lady and be empowering them even more, I think is so crucial as we move forward. Are there any resolutions that speak toward that end in floor committee four? You remember? No, no. no okay. I don't think so. There, there are, there are another floor committees I, yeah. I know, but that that's excellent. Um, if we come out of the convention, last question, Come out of the convention in your mind, and you're like, "Wow, that was a successful time time together." What will that look and feel like, Amy? Um, I think one of the first things that I would um, say would be that people were felt like they were heard, and I know that doesn't it, being heard and people feeling like they've been heard don't always doesn't always mean that we've gotten our way. But I, I've been in situations where conversation gets shut down and there's not even a willingness to listen to a quote unquote other side. Um, so just to, to let people talk. And I know that time is short, but I don't, I want people to feel like they've been hurt. And that if, you know, if I have a different viewpoint than you, we can walk away and friendships aren't destroyed, relationships aren't damaged. And, um, we can we can give a powerful witness to the to the rest of the world and to other people around us. So there's no hard and fast kind of rule of thumb uh, regarding how much because when people come to the mic, if you're listening to this or watching, you're actually there. Or you watch it on online. Uh, people have the opportunity to to hit the queue 
and you get in and you get to speak either for the resolution or in opposition of the resolution, that folks who are maybe three, four down would resist the urge uh, if only one or two voices have been heard on each side to say, I don't call the question. After I, mm-hmm. that, I, a lot of times the call to question has come come far too soon. I can think back uh, four years ago when, and there wasn't any one, this wasn't one person's fault per se. It was just the way it kind of landed. We were talking about the Concordia University system and um, it got to the end of the day and there was still a lot to be said. And uh, I think it was President Harrison or someone else was the chair said, well, we're at the end of the day, the orders of the day. And so we're going to break and we'll come back to respective resolution. And we, we came back to it like three days later. Because for those of you who aren't there, it is five, uh, four and a half, five very, very long days. Uh, Really, if you talk about floor committee on the Saturday before, five and a half, really very, very full days. And for those of you like yourself, we serve for a handful of days on a floor committee. Oh, my goodness. This is a lot of work has gone gone into this. So I understand the sense of urgency. We've got a lot of business of the church to 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 do. But to that that point, this respective CUS resolution came back maybe on a Wednesday afternoon or something like that. And folks are flipping through their papers trying to figure out, okay, which one is this now? Oh, this is this is the controversial one. Okay, hit hit your cue to get in to to speak to it. And like one person was able to speak. And then the guy right behind him, I call the question to end debate, hit one. And it was like a 51 to 49. And we were all tired, you know, 49 said, no, we need to hear more. And 51 said, you know, no, we're done with this. And and a resolution regarding the Concordias was made without an adequate hearing in my mind. And it was just it's. This is all adiaphora. It's all a human process, you know, and we're trying to evolve and do the best we can. So I pray people just put the best construction on everything and that people who have um, that wisdom wins the day and that love and charity for those who have diverse opinions, recognizing we're all the baptized, all within the same family of faith. We need to be united in this day and age where Satan is having a heyday, steal, killing and destroying, dividing. He wants to come at the church. We got a big, big target on our collective back. And Satan just laughs when we treat one another like we're the enemy, when we try to compete with one another. I like, I've been wrestling with this value of competition here. I'm a competitive guy, but there's something around. It's not, it's not competition against actually the root of the Latin is competition or striving with. It's not striving against. It's this actually striving with. And so we are striving. The gates of hell collectively cannot withstand the assault of the church, all carrying the banner of Jesus, the crucified and risen one. So we are all striving with one another rather than against one another. Any final thoughts there about the posture that we take as we enter into convention? Yeah, I think just the humility for everyone involved and to come in with hearts ready to serve and to share the love of Jesus with each other and with the world and with a whole lot of people that don't have any idea who he is or what he's done for them. That is it. And if we lose humility, we lose love. We've lost, we've lost everything. So I pray that is our humble posture as we enter into convention. Amy, you are a gift to the body of Christ. Thank you for your charity, your generosity of time today. This is a bonus episode of Lead Time Sharing is Caring. Uh, please share this. Maybe it's with a pastor or a lay delegate who um, is, is heading there, maybe for the first time, a lot of first timers who are there. And may this help 
set their heart, uh, may the fruit of the Spirit just rest upon their heart and upon their lips, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, <laughs> all of those things would be what characterize us as a family of faith at the 2023 Synodical Convention. We'll see you next week with another episode of Lead Time. Thanks so much, Amy. Thank you. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode. The Unite Leadership Collective is excited to announce the launch of our new online learning platform. Whether you're considering entering into ministry or already leading, we have the resources that you need to become an empowered leader in your ministry. Our learning platform will release new courses every quarter with our first available course, Becoming an Engaged Leader, available now. But by joining our monthly membership, you'll unlock unlimited access to all of our courses and gain entry into our exclusive coaching community space where ministry leaders can connect with each other. This community also grants you access to bi-weekly coaching calls led by the ULC team, private Zoom calls, and additional team discounts. To celebrate the launch, we're offering introductory rates for all of our courses and the monthly subscription plan. Just enroll prior to January 1st using the code 75ULC2023 to get 75% off at checkout. Visit the uniteleadership.org to learn more about our online learning platform and start your journey to lead effectively in any church settings today.